James Kennedy Ministries presents Truths That Transform. Marxism, which always fails, endlessly repackages itself. Do you know about its latest manifestation? Saul Alinsky used to say, don't solve problems, use them. And he saw that Marxism could be applied to race. Critical race theory is all over the news and talk radio right now. But what is it? And what does the Bible have to say about it? Find out on today's Truths That Transform. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. There is a dangerous ideology diametrically opposed to faith that has spread with religious-like fervor throughout our culture. It's called critical race theory. And perhaps you've heard about the increasing controversy surrounding it. On today's program, you will see inside this destructive philosophy, and we will share some compelling new resources that shine the biblical light of truth upon it. So what is critical race theory, and why is it so dangerous? Our own John Rabe takes a closer look. I now understand racism as a system, as a deeply embedded system, a system that our country was founded on and that all our institutions were created out of. Critical race theory is a once academic theory that is now sweeping through American corporations, media, schools, and even government institutions. It says, among other things, that race is the single most important factor in life and that racism is fundamental, woven into the fabric of everything in America. Social justice is based on critical race theory, which basically says that race is a means simply for oppression. It is based on a Marxist notion. Marx applied it to economics. The present thing is to apply it to race. And so what you have is racial division one part of the nation blaming the other for everything that has gone wrong is essential to social justice. There are those that really want us to keep focusing on race so that they can exploit whatever uncomfortableness that they can uh, get out of that person uh, so that they can further a political agenda. It is just that cut and dry. It's not a coincidence that critical race theory, also known as CRT, creates and exploits racial division. In fact, it's a key part of CRT's Marxist roots. You had critical theory that was developed following World War I, which was an effort to persuade people that they were inescapably and irrepressibly oppressed. Uh, So the whole idea from cultural Marxism really stems from, from critical theory when they sought to investigate every vehicle, every system, every structure in Western civilization to critically analyze it all in an effort to persuade people that they were oppressed by the oppressors. 
The so-called Frankfurt School of philosophers in the mid-20th century who came from Germany to America during Hitler's rise set the Marxist groundwork for critical theory, which would ultimately be applied to law, gender, race, and a host of other targets. Dr. Vodi Bauckham, Dean of Theology at African Christian University in Zambia, has been an insightful critic of CRT. When you get to the Frankfurt School um, and, and you know, critical, critical theory, what's the whole idea there? The whole idea there, even the term critical, right? Um, critical is not really critique. Uh, critical comes from the idea that we're assuming that something is wrong and something is broken and we're finding those areas that are wrong and broken, you know, to, to, to fix. So all of it is revolutionary um, in its origin and in its goal. We divide the world into oppressors and oppressed. Um, who are you? You are, you know, this sort of intersectional conglomeration. Indeed, the fixed and given distinction between oppressor and oppressed, with an eye toward a revolution of the oppressed, is central to Marxist philosophy, and it is the key driver in critical race theory. You have to remember when you're talking about cultural Marxism and, and, and sort, of, sort of practical application of critical theory, if you will, you, you, you got to remember that the idea and the intention and the goal was a Marxist overthrow by force, right? The origins of, of racism cannot be separated from the origins of capitalism. In order to truly be anti-racist, you also have to truly be anti-capitalist, as I write in the book. And in order to truly be anti-capitalist, you have to be anti-racist, because they're interrelated. Saul Alinsky used to say, don't solve problems, use them. And he saw that Marxism could be applied to race. We have to simply create conflict, continual conflict, until the oppressed overcome the oppressors. And that's why critical race theory and all of these ideas of diversity studies are not intended to solve any problems. This is not something that's created to edify, to build up, to, to create harmony. This is something that is a destructive mechanism and wherever it has been invited it consumes it like a cancerous cell and destroys it. No reasonable person would deny the historical truth of racism in America. Things like chattel slavery and later Jim Crow laws were indeed racist and that racism was enforced by law. But critical race theory goes much further to say that racism still covertly and secretly permeates everything in 2021 even when there are no actual racists involved. Any disparities between persons or groups are proof of racism in action. The way we define racism, racism is no longer um, animosity toward, prejudice toward uh, a group of people, belief in the superiority of a group of people. No, 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 no. Now we define racism as um, you know, structural racism, systemic racism. Um, we look at outcomes. Part of the insidious but ingenious nature of critical race theory is that its practitioners have rigged it in such a way that it cannot be denied. In their mousetrap, to deny racism is to admit racism. The very heartbeat uh, of racism is denial, and the sound of that heartbeat that the individual makes 
is I'm not racist. Here's the problem. Um, there is this systemic and this structural racism. Um, you are a part of it and you're guilty of it. And if you don't understand that, it's because you're guilty. If you have a problem with that, it's because of white fragility. Um, if you deny it, it's because of your desire to hold on to white supremacy, right? Um, and so where do I go, you know? There's one group of people that they were, they are the oppressors, no matter what, no matter what they may have done with their lives, no matter what type of, of life they've lived, no matter what, you are categorically an oppressor and have a second group of people that are categorically, irrepressibly, irrepressibly, and inescapably oppressed. And the main thing that you use to advocate this is skin color. Ultimately, um, where this where this goes is th there is no truth. There there is no common ground um, in terms of um, you know so-called racial justice, if you will, um, and anti-racism. You you do the work of anti-racism, racism, but you never finish the work of anti-racism. It's a hamster wheel that you never get off of. We never complete that journey. Um, there is no forgiveness in the cult of anti-racism, as some have called it. CRT has led major corporations to implement mandatory training where white employees must confess their white privilege and accept their complicity in committing oppression. Schools teach revisionist history that America was founded on white supremacy. And even a Smithsonian Museum published a graphic calling out aspects of oppressive whiteness, including emphasis on the scientific method and objective, rational, linear thinking. Even the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff defended teaching CRT to West Point cadets. I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. Many Christian leaders are now calling upon the church to stand against this false and dangerous ideology utilizing something that God has given us, like the makeup of who we are in an effort to separate us and to create these impenetrable wedges between the populace to have one group pointing a finger at another group so that we consistently are at each other's throats in order to divide us as a nation is diabolical and it's wicked. Acts 17 says it very plainly that our Lord made all mankind from one blood. Every nation on the earth, the Greek word there in Acts chapter 17, verse 26, is ethnos, where we get our English word ethnicity from. Every ethnicity on the face of the earth comes from the exact same ancestral heritage. Christianity says this, we don't really have a skin problem, we have a sin problem, and that is to be met at the foot of the cross. So as long as we keep blaming one another and shouting at one another, we aren't going to be able to make very good progress in terms of race relations. The church should lead the way. I think we very specifically have to heed Paul's words that we destroy arguments, we destroy lofty opinions, we destroy speculations. We have to identify and oppose um, these faulty ideologies. Um, we have to, we have a biblical obligation to do so. Um, and then we take every thought captive. This country is not racist and I've heard it. Oh, Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in America. No, Sunday morning is the most integrated hour in the world. No, 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 this is a lie. Christianity is universal. 
The beautiful thing about Christ is he really doesn't care what color we are, what our backgrounds are. He will save us. And so it works for everybody. Many have noted that critical race theory is like a false religion. It posits an original sin, whiteness or white privilege. It has blasphemy laws that are enforced by the cancel culture for those whose speech has been deemed problematic and must be excommunicated. And it is a religion utterly without grace. You are guilty or innocent based upon your skin color and ancestry, and there is nothing you can do about it except pay a never-ending penance to the diversity trainers and so-called anti-racism specialists who charge tens of thousands of dollars for sensitivity training and seminars. The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ stands utterly opposed to human systems like this. Dr. D. James Kennedy shares more in this portion of his message, The Transforming Power of Grace. The Spirit of God, through the Apostle Paul, declared, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. I do not believe that any time in history has there been anything like the pressure that we all feel today to be conformed to this world. The message of the world system of unbelief and sin and rebellion against God continues to bombard us from every side, out of our radios, out of our television, motion pictures, newspapers, magazines. It hits us daily from more directions than we can even imagine. Pressure to be conformed to this world. But the scripture says that the love of the world is enmity against God. And therefore we are to be transformed into something altogether different than this worldly system and what it would try to press us into. Now, how are we going to do that? How are our minds going to be renewed? They're going to be renewed by the gospel of grace. It is grace that the Holy Spirit uses to transform an individual. Now, please remember that Jesus Christ did not come to preach the gospel of grace. He came in order that there might be a gospel to preach. And to that end, he suffered, agonized, died, endured the wrath of God, and rose from the dead that we might have a gospel of grace to proclaim. But what is grace? I continue to be amazed at how few people in so-called Christian America have the slightest idea what grace really is. Now, it's not the easiest world, word in the world to understand. In the Oxford Unabridged Dictionary, there are 16 columns telling us of the various ways that grace is used. In the New Testament, the Greek word charis, which means grace, 
is used almost 170 times. What does it mean? It is vitally important that we understand it because the scripture says that it is by grace that we are saved. And I think it is not out of the way to say that unless a person has a basic comprehension of what grace is, he is not saved. He cannot be saved because that is the means that God uses to save people. Grace means undeserved favor, but not just any undeserved favor. It means undeserved favor, not to the undeserving. Undeserved favor to the undeserving is mercy. Grace is much higher. Grace is undeserved favor to the ill-deserving, to the hell-deserving. The difference is you give $5 to a beggar that you see on the street, that's an act of mercy. It is undeserved, and he is undeserving. But should that same beggar have crept into your house some night and tortured and raped and killed your daughter and wife, and you met him on the street and gave him $5 million, that would approach closer to the meaning of grace. Undeserved favor of a stupendous kind to the ill-deserving, the hell-deserving. As Spurgeon said, the astounding thing is not that everybody isn't saved. The astounding thing is that anybody is saved. When we get a grip on that, we'll begin to understand grace all of the more. The absolute antithesis to all human merit. And we are transformed by that grace. Grace is the very highest form of love. It is the very quintessential essence of what God is. It's transforming in its nature, and that's what God does, is it transforms something which is unpleasant into something which is pleasant, something which is unlovely into something which is lovely, something which is unbeautiful into that which is beautiful. God created the world, and he created it in a state of chaos, and there was darkness that hovered over the water, and there was no formliness to it. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and suddenly the cosmos sprang into being. Cosmos, from which we get the word, ladies, cosmetics. Beautiful. God takes the chaos and makes cosmos out of it. And so he takes the ugliness of our lives and makes them beautiful. The Latin word from grace is gratia. As in the Reformation slogan, sola gratia, only by grace we are saved. Then there is the word gratis in Latin, which means something familiar to us in English because it has come right into the English language. Gratis means free. And so the gracious attitude of God provides a free salvation through Jesus Christ as a gift to all of those that will trust in him. And the third word after gratia and gratis is gratum. And that means thankful. 
joyful, gracious. And that's what happens in us. That is the result of being transformed by grace so that we begin to treat other people the way God has treated us. That is grace. The word gospel means good news. And indeed, the free grace God offers us in Jesus Christ is the best possible news. This good news is completely contrary to worldly systems of thought, where we rise or fall based on our works or our family names, our wealth, our reputations. And that dichotomy also stands at the center of the clash between biblical Christianity and critical race theory, which is being promoted in a growing number of corporations, schools, and media outlets. You have heard about the controversy on the news as parents protest school board meetings, demanding that critical race theory be removed from their schools. But do you know what it's really all about? What makes it dangerous and how is it contradicted by the truth? Our own John Rabe answers those questions and more in the brand new booklet, Grand Deceptions, The Six Lies of Critical Race Theory. And we'll send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation to help us proclaim truth and defend your freedom. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339 or call toll-free 877-962-7677 or go online to djkm.org. In this short book, John addresses some of the key lies of critical race theory, or what some people call CRT, including the idea that our race is the most important thing about us, that America is being overrun by white supremacists and that the controversy over CRT is nothing but a small tempest in a teapot. You will discover how CRT is being implemented in schools, corporations, and government. And you will discover the truth that defeats this false and dangerous ideology. And if you're able to give a generous ministry gift of $50 or more, we will send you the booklet plus the special DVD presentation, Biblical Justice versus Social Justice by Dr. Vodi Bakum. Dr. Bakum, as a youth, believed many of the lives of the far left regarding race and justice. But in this stirring and clarifying message delivered at the Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church here in Fort Lauderdale, he contrasts the false view of so-called social justice rooted in Marxism that is infiltrating many of our churches with the true concept of justice as presented in Scripture. These are essential resources in these confusing times. That's the brand new booklet, Grand Deceptions, The Six Lies of Critical Race Theory, as our thanks for your generous donation, and the booklet plus the DVD presentation from Dr. Vodi Bauckham, Biblical Justice 
versus social justice as our thanks for your generous ministry gift of $50 or more. And as you donate, you will be helping us to counter these destructive ideologies. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free, 877-962-7677. Or go online to djkm.org. As people become increasingly aware of the dangers of critical race theory, its primary promoters have adopted a new tactic. Many of its advocates now pretend to know little or nothing about it. Perhaps no one has done more to make critical race theory mainstream than Ibram X. Kendi, the author of How to Be an Anti-Racist. Among the central tenets of critical race theory is that racism is ingrained in all societal institutions and that all differences in status, economic or otherwise, are de facto evidence of racism. Kendi is among the leading advocates of that radical position. He even proposed a constitutional amendment that would establish and fund a department of anti-racism, which would be tasked with pre-approving all government policies. This department would be staffed by, you guessed it, unelected officials who would, quote, be empowered with disciplinary tools to wield over and against policymakers and public officials, end quote. Anything that they consider racist would be in their purview. Candidly, it's hard to conceive of a more authoritarian crystallization of critical race theory than that. But wonder of wonders, in a recent interview with a friendly TV host, Kendi, the devout radical, claimed to have no connection to critical race theory whatsoever, despite stating it was foundational to his work just a few weeks before. And others have begun to follow suit. The amiable Joy Reid of MSNBC claimed you would have to go to law school to be a critical race theorist, as if this were such an esoteric theory that only specialists could understand it. And on cue, a University of Georgia professor wrote, critical race theory has become an overnight bogeyman of the right. Well, friends, don't be fooled by this. Despite the recent awakening to their neo-Marxist agenda, the critical race theorists are not going to take their ball and go home. Instead, they are already in the midst of a marketing rebranding. They are beginning to avoid the name critical race theory while maintaining its central idea that we are all either oppressors or oppressed based solely on your race. A biblical worldview says that all human beings are created in the image of God with inherent dignity and rights. And we must oppose any demonic worldview that treats people primarily according to their race, however that worldview chooses to disguise itself. 
D. James Kennedy Ministries is standing for truth and defending your freedom. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for being with us. And here's a look at the next truths that transform. The old definition of racist had to do with one individual's racism toward another. Um, what these individuals are arguing and what CRT is arguing is that racism is ingrained in and embedded in the systems and structures of our culture. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.